You're listening to A Prophet, a collaboration between Sakhlain and Al-Hujja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at sakhlain.org support. So the Prophet now mobilizes Muslims to get ready and go. He gave the white banner of Islam in the hands of who? An Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib Now some people came wanting to join the Prophet to go to Khaybar because they wanted the spoils of war, the ghana'im. So they were not going for Allah, they were going for dunya. They knew this Prophet is always successful. Let's join him, even if we don't really believe in his mission. This becomes clear to the Prophet So the Prophet here gives them a warning. The Prophet states, لا تخرجوا معي إلا راغبين في الجهاد فأما الغنيمة فلا. The Prophet told them, if you really want to sacrifice in the way of Allah, come with me. If you're coming because of your greed for the spoils of war, no. This time, I don't welcome that. The Prophet made it very clear. In previous wars, the Prophet was flexible with them. You know, even some hypocrites, they would come to some of these battles in hopes of, of, of getting some spoils of war. The Prophet tolerated that. This time he put a red line. And he commanded um, Bilal or someone else to make an announcement. Don't come for the spoils of war. If you truly want to support the Prophet for the sake of Allah, go to Khaybar. Otherwise, you are not welcome. In fact, it is even attended that the Prophet said, only those who were with me at Hudaybiyah, they can join. Others who did not come with us to Hudaybiyah, if you want to join, you can come as volunteers, but you will not get any ghana'im. You will not get any spoils of war. So the Prophet did not want people to come for dunya. He wanted to teach them that this is sacrifice for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes. Basically when you have a war and one side achieves victory, they take the property and the belongings of the enemy that's defeated. Their armors, their swords, their money, whatever they have. They would take that, right. So some people wanted to go out of greed to get you know, a nice shield, a sword, money, a horse, whatever they can get their hands on. The Prophet said, no, you're not welcome to do that. If you really want to sacrifice for the sake of Allah, you know, as we say, ahlan wa sahlan. Otherwise, you're not welcome. Yes, those who came and they fought, they were given that. The Prophet did give them that. But this time the Prophet said, I want you to come for Allah, not for these spoils of war. And that's why Muslims were defeated at the Battle of Uhud. Remember when we analyzed the Battle of Uhud, they left their posts on the mountain because they saw the spoils of war. They ran to get the spoils of war. The Prophet warned them, no matter what, don't leave your posts on the mountain unless I give you the signal. So initially the Muslims were strong, they defeated the mushriks. So those guys on the mountain, about 40 of them, they're like, whoa, we won the war. And these other Muslims down there, they're getting the spoils of war. Greed became active in their hearts. One of them told them, the Prophet told us, don't leave no matter what happens. Let's not leave, let's listen to the Prophet. They said, no. The war is over. He told them, but the Prophet didn't give us the green light to come down yet. They didn't listen. 
they came down. Khalid ibn al-Walid, who was leading the army of the Mushriks, he went behind the mountain and he made a surprise attack on the Muslims and he killed so many of them along with his army. And that's where Hamza, the uncle of the Prophet was martyred. The greed for dunya made them lose the battle of Uhud. So the Prophet here makes it very clear, come for Allah. Reports indicate that about 1,600 fighters joined the Prophet 200 of them were mounted soldiers, meaning they had horses to ride on. So out of the 1,600, you only had about 200 horses, which is not many. You're going to Khaybar, you're confronting a city of 20,000 with 10,000 fighters and 2,000 warriors, only with these small resources. It has also been reported that the Prophet brings along his wife Umm Salama with him to Khaybar. And recently, he had just taken her to Hudaybiyah, if you remember. She's the one who got really upset with the companions when they were not willing to get out of their ihram and shave their heads. She said, Ya Rasulullah, don't listen to them. Just go out, shave your head, sacrifice your sheep or the camel that, you, that he had with him. And that's it, leave the ihram. And that's what the Prophet did and Muslims followed suit. So Umm Salama was with the Prophet at Hudaybiyah and she also went to Khaybar. Now some reports indicate the Prophet would do a draft, a Qur'a, to decide which of his wives would join him on an expedition. He had a number of wives, so you know, he couldn't take all of them obviously, he's going to, to war, you can't take all of your family. The Prophet would normally take one of them. So he, when he wanted to go to Hudaybiyah, he made the draft, the Qur'a, Umm Salama came out. When he came now again to go to Khaybar, again her name came out. Allah wanted her to be there. She was the best wife of the Prophet after Lady Khadija So the Prophet leaves in the month of Muharram towards Khaybar according to many reports. And it has been narrated in a number of reports that as they were heading towards Khaybar, they passed by a valley overlooking the wadi, the valley. When the Muslims were overlooking the valley and they saw they were 1600, they have 200 horses, they felt probably powerful, right? Have you seen psychologically when you go to a high place and you have big numbers, you feel even stronger? So that's how they felt. So they started to raise their voice and shout, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah. The Prophet rebuked them. The Prophet told them, Irbi'u ala anfusikum. Innakum la tad'una asam wala ghaiba. Innakum tad'una sami'an qariban wa huwa ma'akum. Why are you being so loud? If you're calling on Allah, Allah's close to you. He can hear you. No need to shout. Why are you acting uncivilized? In, in my words, of course. You know, why are you acting like that? There's no reason for that. So the Prophet was teaching them, you don't have to be loud and cause commotion. By the way, today in some Muslim countries, that's what you see. People getting, you know, uh, roused up, they start chanting, yelling. Honestly, this is not the akhlaq of the Prophet We don't see him or the Imams of Ahlul Bayt doing that. Going and being loud and causing commotion with their voice. <laughs> that's not the seerah of the Prophet so the Prophet was telling them, you know, you need to be 
proper and effective. No, re no need to do that. He, was, he, he might have also been teaching them to be humble and not feel arrogant. Now you're overlooking this valley, you feel so strong. Sometimes you feel powerful and that leads to arrogance. The Prophet was teaching them a moment of humbleness. They needed a state of calmness to better focus because when you're loud like that, you focus less and you worship less. The Prophet was teaching them to be very polite and to be calm. Then the Prophet told them instead of these, you know, chants, by the way, what they're chanting was true, Allahu Akbar, right? So it's not that the, the Prophet had a problem with what they were saying. He had a problem with, what, with the way they were saying it. Then the Prophet told them, let me teach you one of the words of paradise. La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Say there is no might or power except by Allah. Meaning, O oh Muslims, if you have some power right now, if Allah alaykum, is about to give you victory, it's from Allah. Don't be arrogant. Don't think that now you're powerful. That's not the case. All the power comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is the source of all success and power. So this is a beautiful incident that we find in the legacy of the Prophet where the companions are being loud and the Prophet kind of quiets them. When the Prophet approaches Khaybar, it was early in the morning. He told his companions, stop, let's not move any further. They stopped proceeding. Then the Prophet made this beautiful dua before entering the area of Khaybar that morning. The Prophet states, Allahumma rabba samawat sab'i wa ma adhlalna. O oh Allah, the Lord of the seven heavens and everything that they shade or they contain or overlook. And O Lord of the seven earths and everything that they carry. And Lord of the shayateen, the demons and all the people whom they misguide. The first one was That comes from dhil. Dhil means what? Shade. This one is with the dad ukhtasad. And this comes from which word? Dalala, deviation. Now, for someone who's not aware of the intricacies of the Arabic language, you know, they both they both look the same. <laughs> but there's a big difference between them. And Lord of the winds and everything that they carry here and there or scatter. We ask you Allah to give us the best of this village and the best of its people. The best of its people, inshallah, later you'll see how the Prophet made, married Safiya after this incident. We seek refuge in you from anything that's evil in this town and the evilness of its people. Let's now go in the name of Allah. Through this beautiful dua, the Prophet reminds companions that they're not here to kill or seek spoils of war. They have one goal, and that is Allah, obey Him, support His mission, whatever it may be. This dua was a beautiful reminder. Number two, through this dua, the Prophet was teaching them Allah is the manager of everything. He's managing everything. Everything is in His hands. Even shayateen who misguide, it's with the permission of Allah. Don't think they overpower God. 
Allah allowed them to do that. But of course, Allah has a purpose. Allah wants to try us. Sometimes when you see all the evil out there, I've heard this from some people. Sayyid, where is God? Where is Allah? The world is spread with corruption and injustice. Where is Allah? I've seen people who get angry and they say that. Allah is in charge. Don't worry. He has a plan. Do your part. Allah's part, leave it up to Him. Allah's micromanaging the entire universe. Every atom in the body of that evil person, Allah's micromanaging it. Allah can stop his heart any moment. You think anyone can overpower Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? But Allah has a plan that's based on wisdom. So through this dua, the Prophet was giving them this beautiful um, reminder. Then the Prophet tells them, proceed with the name of Allah. He is with us. So be with him and act in his obedience. So this is a beautiful dua the Prophet makes as they were about to enter Khaybar.